you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. The Expertise Panel. Brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Oh, relaxing cup of tea there uh, with uh, Dilmar, of course, 10.20 here with uh, SENZ in the morning at, and it's panel time. And uh, we've got uh, Mark Hinton on the blower and uh, Sam Hewitt in studio with us. Um, I'll start with you, Sam Hewitt. You're uh, very busy, uh, I understand, uh, calling Warriors games this year and we've got quite a lot of it on SENZ. How are you going to go about that, mate? I- uh, are you a true Warriors man, or are you going to have neutrality about your call? <laughs> oh, hard to say, Smithy, until I'm in the booth, to be honest, in front of the microphone. Uh, there'll be a little bit of Warriors uh, bias, potentially, leaning one way, but uh, I'll try and keep it as neutral as I can for all our Aussie listeners. Uh, they'll be tuning in uh, via NRL Nation on ECN. Um, but no, very exciting, Smithy. Season uh, kicked off last night, of course, with Manly and, uh, and Penrith, um, and we've got all Warriors games on SENZ. We are just calling a couple until they come home, so I think we've got about four that we're calling uh, me and Tony Kemp until they get back, but all the games will be live uh, on SENZ. Okay, so you know when they're coming back. Have you, have you got a confirmed well, schedule? Well, there, uh, there is yeah. that July 16 date um, that, that they've targeted, which I think is around 16, and it's against the Tigers, who I imagine will be bottom of the table. So I can't wait for that, um, but I think they're still finalising um, finalising that date. But but hopefully, you know, sort of mid, mid-season, mid they'll be um, back on New Zealand shores. That, I can't wait for that. I really can't. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Mark Hinton. Uh, I've been away for a little while covering... Uh, uh, the women's cricket, have you showed uh, showed much uh, interest in that, Mark? I mean, uh, there was a great win by the White Fans last night, um, and now they've got Australia on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, of course, Smithy, a home World Cup, you've got to tune in, don't you? Um, um, it's been an anxious start, <laughs> a nail-biting one for the White Fans with that early loss to the West Indies, and then the rain in Dunedin that had us all a bit... Uh, Concerned, potentially, um, you know, a washout there, which would have could have really impacted on the semi-final chances. But look, they've made their correction, haven't they? That was a pretty ordinary performance against the West Indies, particularly in the in the field. I thought, but uh, you know, they got the the, the win in the rain shortened match in Dunedin, and then really um, bounced back reasonably emphatically against India. It did the job, didn't they, Smithy? So. Um, uh, they've set it up nicely. They're back on track for the semi-finals, and, and 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 I think we really get a sense for how good this team. We will get a sense for how good this team is mm. on Sunday against the Aussies, of course. Uh, as good as they are, the tournament favourites. Um, you know, it, there's some good signs, um, but they, they haven't put it together yet. I don't think so. Maybe it still seems like more to come, particularly yeah. in the field. Even though that was a better bowling effort against India. Yeah, you read that right. It certainly was a, a better bowling effort. Uh, one of the things that is uh, being back at a sports venue, it's been a while for me, Mark, is that uh, there is no atmosphere there, uh, and I think that's a real shame for the ladies. Yet I feel there could be. Uh, you know, they, they let 10% in the, uh, of the ground capacity. They've now changed that to 20%. Honestly, there's so much space, uh, and the girls are missing out. I, I reckon it's, it's, it's really quite sad. that They could have reviewed that even and been more generous, I feel. 
Yeah, it does feel that way, Smithy. I know these are sort of uh, anxious times as, as the, as the um, virus kind of spreads around the community. And I guess we, we need, you know, sporting organisations need to be seen to be responsible. But there is a bit of a feeling of fait accompli about it, isn't it? And maybe, you know, um, things should start to open up soon, but it's not going to be soon enough, is it, for some of these sporting events. I'm going to the Blues game tonight. It'll be in an empty stadium. And it really is an eerie feeling. Um, you know, particularly as we look around the world and see everything opened, has opened back up. Look, we're, we're behind, you know, the cycle and all this. We know that. Um, but it is still strange. Sport sport needs to be played in front of people, Smithy. And it really isn't the yeah. same in empty stadiums. And, and the sooner we get out of this, the better. Yeah, I, I think it's damaging our chances, to be fair. I, I, think, it, I think a decent crowd, uh, Sam Hewitt, a decent crowd... Um, I thought at, at um, Mount Monganui might have lifted us across the line uh, against the West Indies, but there was just such a feeling of neutrality around the place. It was kind of, are we at home? Yeah, and I think these games are, are, are very tight, Smithy, that they only come down to you know those small margins, which probably can be a home crowd cheering you on. And um, look, I've been loving watching it on TV, and I imagine there's a lot of people who would love to go should they open the doors and I don't know maybe it gets to the point where we just say if you do want to go you take the risk um, that's what they did in the American sports leagues they basically once they got those vaccination rates up and they had mask wearing etc they basically said if you want to come to the venues you can um, you know and, and if you catch something then that's the risk you're taking um, you know whether or not we're sort of at that stage yet but I, I would love to see um, especially as we get to these you know the, the, the business end of the, of the tournament especially semi-finals and finals there's, there just has to be more people there yeah, totally agree. Uh, listen, uh, Sam, our boss, uh, Craig Hutch- Hutchinson, of course, he's got a penchant for buying basketball teams. Uh, got one on either side of the Tasman. But I, I just wonder if he'd mother, uh, put a bid in for Chelsea. What do you reckon? Well, gee whiz, he might be able to get it for a steal at this stage um, mm. if he can get his hands on it. This, is, um, this has a, been an incredible story overnight, Smithy, with the UK government um, basically putting a halt on anything Chelsea. I even just read this morning that all of their loan players have to return to the club so they can no longer be on loan to other clubs. They have to all come back. Um, they're, not, they're not allowed to extend their deals when they come back um, because the club's now not allowed to buy or sell any players, no merchandise. There's stories of people in the merchandise shop having to put the merchandise back on the shelf in the middle of their shop because this ruling's come out that they just can't basically run as a business. So I find it interesting, Smithy, you've got one person who's getting sanctioned and it's going to affect hundreds of thousands of people. One person getting sanctions. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I would imagine, Mark Hinton, that uh, New Zealand rugby and uh, a lot of New Zealand sports bodies uh, are happy that they don't have close ties with Russia because you can see a mess, the mess that can be made. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's one thing, uh, the, the petrol pump prices spiraling up out of control, but it's another one that affects the mighty English Premier League, you know, uh, and one of the storied clubs, and also one of the kind of storied ownerships. Roman Abramovich, of course, came in in 2003 and absolutely transformed not only Chelsea, but really the Premier League with his spending. I think they won won five titles and a couple of um, Champions League crowns. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know... he sort of set things off in terms of basically owners with uh, almost unlimited spending power and, and creating uh, a super league in the UK. Now he's very much beside the old grasser because of his, his close ties to the Kremlin and, of course, you know, with everything going on in the world. Um, even the UK government, who are not exactly known for being swift, decisive decision-makers, have acted. 
And really, uh, while the British reports are saying that Chelsea's in absolute chaos, you know, they've got people waiting to be re-signed and they can't, literally cannot do anything and that's uh, really tilting um, things, things sort of out of control in the, in the Premier League. So, yes, um, the first possibly, Smithy, though, of many things that are going to play out around this um, pretty horrific invasion. Uh, you know, this is a, a watching brief and sport is only, you know, really uh, in, impacted in the minor way if you look at what's going on in the Ukraine. So uh, I guess it's something we've got to put up with. What did you make of uh, Super Rugby or Picky Mark uh, last night? Quite a close uh, game between um, Manawa and Maratu. What did you make of that? Yeah, it was good. It was entertaining, a great finish. You know, um, another game decided on a miskick, really, or, or one on a miskick. But, um, yeah, good to see the competition away. Just such a shame, Smithy, isn't it, that, that they've been, you know, so affected by, by COVID, as so many sports have been, squeezed into a 10-day window. It kind of feels like a bit of an afterthought, I really feel, for the woman. Um, in this case, this was supposed to be, you know, something special, you know, making history, and it's um, it's unfortunately been really squeezed, which, you know, no one wanted, and of course, you know, um, circumstances were working against them. But uh, it's great to have it underway, great to have, you know, the woman represented at that professional level, and the standard of football was pretty good, all things considered. Um, you know, it hasn't been an ideal build-up. So I, I hope, just hope the rest of the games continue like that. They're all good finishes like that. And, um, you know, let's face it, we need our New Zealand women's rugby players to start building some form because they've got a big tournament later this year. They sure have, and it's getting closer by the minute. It's uh, coming up to news time here on SENZ. Uh, we'll take a, a little bit of that with uh, Emma. When we come back, uh, we might talk about the king, eh? The king of spin for uh, a minute or two. I'm sure Sam and uh, Mark Hinton would have some reflections on the great man whose uh, coffin arrived back uh, in Australia late last night. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. 10.32 here on SENZ. We're smack bang in the middle of the panel. I'll just give an update, uh, fellas. Uh, from the Caribbean, where uh, it is 3.73 for nine, the West Indies in their first innings, building up a more, more than handy lead uh, against England, a dangerous type lead. Uh, Sam, can I I'll get to you, uh, just finish off on the uh, all-picky uh, line of thinking. It's great to see it's underway. It's going to be abbreviated. It's going to start and finish in a flash, but um, I, I like it. Uh, and I like the fact that everyone thought that um, the Chiefs side, the Man- Chiefs Manawa, would run away with this competition on squad. Mm strength that might not happen. No, well, that was a yeah, very impressive performance from the Southerners last night, considering that uh, that Chiefs side is stacked with uh, Black Ferns and Black Ferns Sevens players. And given that we're in a World Cup year, um, you can imagine everyone's going hammer and tongs uh, in that team. It's not like, you know, the, the rest year where your players aren't trying to do as much, Smithy. Everyone's really vying for those uh, Black Fern spots. So, um, yeah, that's great to see. You, you hope it is going to be close because, uh, you know, and, and I sort of agree with Mark, you know, it is a little bit disappointing that the, the flagship competition that in its first year has sort of been um, condensed into a little bit of an afterthought. Um, but if all the games are like that, gee, the next uh, the next two weeks is going to be fantastic. They are. Look, you know, 10 days ago, we were all, I think it might have been 10 days, might have been slightly longer, we were, we were just sitting dazed in, in amazement that we could lose uh, two such great rugby identities in the space of such a short space of time. Uh, in terms of uh, Vainga Tuagamala, of course, and Joel Evendiri, just within hours. And all of a sudden, Australia suffer uh, the same fate. 
with two guys who will go down in uh, their cricketing history as uh, one of the greats or two of the greats of all time and perhaps the greatest of all time is Shane Warne. Uh, you, you've probably only seen clips of Rod Marsh playing, uh, Court Marsh, Bold Lily, Sam, but you certainly would have seen a lot of Warney. Bold Shane, got on your nerves a lot, but uh, your recollections of Shane Warne, what will you remember him by? Yeah, you're bang on Smitty, he, you know, right in, the, in my sort of... Um, younger years growing up so in the backyard it was always trying to tweak the ball like uh, like Shane Warne and um, obviously you can never do it but uh, not unless you put a little bit of extra tape on the tennis ball but um, the thing that really you know that I remember Shane Warne for and, and one of my favourite clips is when he was playing in the Big Bash um, when he spent those few years playing there and he was commentating pretty much every over and he was bowling the Bears and um, he gets asked you know what are you going to do for Bears here and he basically says oh look you know last one he chased it so I reckon he's going to go for a, um, a sweep shot here I'm going to put in a bit faster and get him around his legs the very next ball everything happened exactly how he planned it out and Smithy it's not I mean there probably are quite a few cricketers out there who have that mind who are able to sort of see the game like that but then to be able to execute that's for me what made Shane Warne so good was that he, he had the genius but he also had that execution and knew exactly where he was going to put it and he did exactly what he said he was going to do um, and he just did that throughout his whole career so like I really said it's one of those ones you wake up and you it, for me it was almost like the Kobe Bryant it's like you wake up and you you just you sort of don't believe it you thought oh so this must be a mm. you know this must be a, a Twitter rumor or something and then the more it sort of comes out the more you think wow okay and just yeah in shock really well Mark Hinton you've had a terrific career in journalism thus far and you've written about a lot of superstars around the world of sport I'm sure uh, but here's one who uh, I think they broke the mould with Shane Warne. What, is, what did Shane Warne mean to you from one a media point of view and one a cricket, to a cricket point of view? Oh, just everything, Smithy. I think when you think about um, sportsmen um, over, over time, over history, you know, who legitimately changed the game, who legitimately, um, um, you know, rewrote the parameters of their sport. I think of Michael Jordan and basketball. You know, you think of maybe the great Richie McCaw and rugby. Um, and you definitely think of Shane Warne and cricket. Um, he made spin bowling sexy. He made spin bowling legitimate. I guess when you can say legitimate at a time when, uh, you know, the, the move into limited overs cricket and eventually into T20 threatened the art of spin bowling. I think he came along and just showed what could be achieved with that computer mind of his. I think Sam's point was really valid. One of the things I always uh, took away from particularly the latter part of Shane Warne's career when, when he was able to interact and talk us through elements of what he did was just what a computer he had in his mind around uh, what ball he was going to bowl next. He, he absolutely changed the game. Um, he was attacking he showed that as a spin bowler, you didn't just go out and contain. You went out and could bowl every bit as attacking as somebody bowled 140, 150 clicks. So he, he absolutely changed the game for me. And if you look at the influence of spin bowlers now and um, T20 cricket in particular, and even and, and in all aspects really of the game, um, and so much of it stems back to what Shane Warne did. He, um, you know, he he was able. He was a weapon. In a, in a side of the game that wasn't always regarded as being potentially a weapon, so um, just I was just devastated when I heard about it. Uh, he was fun to watch. He made cricket fun to watch. 
because you just always knew something was going to happen next. Um, and invariably it did, and invariably it resulted in him uh, raising his arms aloft and, and a batsman and walking back to the dressing room. So, yeah, and he was, you know, Smithy, you, you'll appreciate this, and, and, and you'll follow the similar pathway. He was also a great commentator. He knew the game so well, and the way he was able to, to read it, and, and also just his flair, his... his um, you know, everything about him, I think, exuded character and personality, and uh, and it came across in his commentary uh, every bit as much as it did in his cricket. So, um, a great loss for the sport, just devastating, yeah. and um, I'm sure Australia is really feeling it. Yeah, I, I, I think they are, and they're going to feel it too until uh, he's put to rest, and, uh, you know, the hurt will start to go away on a lot of people. Man, could he throw a party. Man, could he throw a party. I'll tell you that. <laughs> One day, one day uh, not in this particular environment, I'll tell you about it. But anyway, <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, Sam, uh, let's get back to uh, Super Rugby. Um, and, uh, of course, it's devastated again. And here we have the Hurricanes riddled with COVID, we're told. Man, it just can't get it. it just, it's unforgiving. It just can't get itself into gear. No, Smithy, and I, uh, you know, I think we even talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Moana Pacifica, um, you know, missing their first few games, and how you know this is probably going to be the reality. And I imagine more teams, you know, are going to fall victim to it as well. Um, it, it is disappointing because, it, as we mentioned with Moana, you're going to get um, a couple of very tough weeks um, for the Canes now, where they're going to have to play, you know, three or four games over the course of 14 days, which um, which is, mm. you know, that's unfortunate for them because it's going to be very tough to back up, especially when you're playing, you know, New Zealand derbies. They're very tough games as it is. So, um, yeah, I... I it's it's interesting because as well we've got the Trans Tasman sort of element to it as well, and you know what's going to go on there. I mean, imagine if a if a Crusaders got hit with COVID, you know, a week or two before the competition's beginning to wrap up. Um, how's that going to work with you know potentially pulling an Aussie team? So, um, yeah, just just a really tough situation, Smithy. And, and unfortunately, I I I have a feeling that we're not going to see the end of it after this uh, Kane saga. Okay, uh, well it's. Slightly pessimistic, Sam, but I'm, <laughs> um, and, I'm, in, oh, I'm actually inclined to agree with you on that point um, at the moment anyway. Um, and Mark, what, your take now, it's been, what, two or three weeks going, we've seen uh, each team in action now, what's, what's your overall take on it, uh, abbreviated as it's been? Um, nothing's really, nothing's really, what is the expression, the more things change, the more they stay the same, the Crusaders are still the best, yeah. the Blues are still frustratingly inconsistent. And the um, and the Chiefs are, are you know are, are a great plucky side that find ways to be competitive and and and, and so far. Mm. Uh, I think Mark Hinton just uh, dropped off the line there. So yeah, um, I think it was my negativity um, drove him away, Smithy. To be honest, uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> stuff for your face and body. It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, stuff is helping mental health too. Find stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.